This is an excerpt from my story, Down with the Sickness. A figure dressed in black walked down the dimly lit alley, staying in the darkest shadows. Several feet behind, a man crept along and pulled a gun from his pocket. He lunged for the person in black, but found himself holding only a jacket, not his would-be victim. Cursing, he looked around, and something flashed in front of him. He tried to speak, but gurgled instead, blood spurting from the fresh gash on his throat. Visit MythMart at www.mythmart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. This is my public life as an American nerd. I'm your host, Kevin. And today, guys, we have a really, really, really fun, really awesome show. I'm really, really excited. Um, we're going to be talking about some uh, movie news over the some, some quick news that has happened over the past week. We're going to talk about some Black Panther box office. We're going to talk about the merging of two of the biggest, I think, names in horror um, uh, over at Universal. And um, we're also going to be talking about some James Cameron, Avatar 2. Uh, we're going to talk about his filmography, the kind of stuff we like about him and where he kind of stands right now in the uh, pantheon of great directors. And of course, by we, um, as usual, you know, this is, again, this is a regular thing. I consider him a co-host on the show. He's amazing. Mr. Christian Nakorda. how you doing, man? Doing good. Happy to be here. Good morning. Good, Good afternoon yeah. to our to our other guest. Yes, yes, and 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 by our other guest is joining us all the way, all the way from across the pond in London. I'd like to welcome. Uh, you know, this is my first time actually meeting him. Finally, we finally worked it out where he could be on the show. Greg, how you doing, man? Yeah, really good. And my first ever podcast appearance. So really. Excited. Oh, is it? Hey. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you chose us. Wow. i'm delighted to be invited yeah yeah no man i mean we've had numerous conversations online um you know over messenger and stuff and i'm, I'm happy to have you here um your your amount of movie knowledge is insane uh we've talked about some stuff and i'm, I'm really happy to have you on so um um before we get into any of the kind of fun stuff there's a couple things that we kind of want to uh, bring up uh so we're recording this on sunday uh, the 20th. And earlier this morning, it was reported um, that Jason, Jason David Franks uh, passed away. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, he or who do know, he played the uh, Tommy, the Green Ranger, the Green Power Ranger in the original Power Ranger series. Uh, so went to the White Ranger and and all that uh, lore there. Um, but he apparently passed away this morning um, by uh, by suicide, uh, which is what's kind of coming through the uh, the grapevine right now. Um, did you, are you guys Power Ranger fans? Are you guys aware of of, of Jonathan Frank? Um, how does uh, 
I mean, obviously it's sad when, when anyone passes away, especially in this manner. Um, but uh, what are your guys' uh, thoughts on this right now? I, uh, yeah, I was a fan back in the uh, days when that whole saga kicked off with the Green Ranger joining and then transitioning to the White Ranger. And more recently, my nephew had just started got, getting into Power Rangers and I was amazed to see that he was still showing up yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and putting in an appearance every so often. So it was kind of nice to see that it's still going strong and um, it's always horrible to see. And I think it's a really good reminder that no matter who you are and you know how tough you look, mental health is not something to mess around with and to get help if you need it. Absolutely, absolutely. And just real quick, um, Christian, before, you know, I mean, Christian is a, is, is a co-host on the Brick, uh, Strami Nation's Brick Therapy podcast that we host together. It's, a, it's about, you know, Lego, but the, the main reason we kind of started it was because, you know, a lot of people deal with their mental health in different ways. Um, they find their different outlets. And um, one of my specific outlets was by, you know, collectibles and building Lego. Like that's helped me through my mental health journey. And that was really, really important to talk about, especially on that show big reason why we started that show um and we're all all three of us here are pretty really big advocates for mental health um christian i want to send it to you um tommy what what it's uh... it's rough man i mean i let's say i was a fan uh, as a child i think i was in like fifth or sixth grade when um power rangers really kind of blew up and you know here's the thing like not I remember a few years ago they had, they added Power Rangers on Netflix and I was like oh awesome and then I started rewatching it and I'm like oh my god yeah not <laughs> what I remember um, but I recently like this year earlier this year like went back and watched the Green Ranger saga and it's you know for what it was as a kid there was just yes. so epic um, and Tommy was like the coolest um, I think there was a lot of us at that age just superhero worshipped him. Um, like he had his like so specific way. Um, I I don't know. It's really hard to hear because even like as of like recent times, he's such he's still attached to the Power Ranger brand. Uh, he does a lot of appearances at cons. Um, you know what I mean? I think he was he was kind of like a really stand up guy. So it's it's always extra sad when you hear uh, people die by suicide because it's you know like to choose to exit out. You know what I mean? And somebody that so many people looked up to uh, for, for like, you know, their strength, you know, that it's, it's rough. It's difficult. Um, uh, you know, condolences to his family uh, and to his friends and to everybody else, you know, that's twice just in the last like week that we were losing like our childhood icons, you know? Yeah. Um, Kevin Conroy uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. I, I woke up this morning and I saw it and I, I, woke up Dana and I told her and I started like like tearing up as I'm she's like are you crying for Tommy I'm like I think so she's like did you cry for for Kevin Conway I'm like I don't know man I don't know what's <laughs> happening it's it's rough but it, you know it's a lot to take in especially like you said you know Kevin Conroy and then you know Jonathan like or Jason excuse me like mm. it's it's a lot it's a lot so nobody blames you for that um completely understandable um so yes our condolences go to his friends family and um everyone who's dealing with this horrible tragedy right now and his fans you know people who have met him uh, by all accounts he was an excellent cool like one of the coolest guys you can meet at a con or something like that he was amazing so um condolences go out to him um we also kind of wanted to 
briefly bring up, um, uh, there's some, uh, Mr. Uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, has revealed that uh, his, um, he has a very, very strong disposition to Alzheimer's. Um, and he will be taking a break from acting um, fairly soon uh, to spend more times with his friends and family in case any of that, you know, if it does happen to pop up, he wants to have these really, really fun memories with his family. Um, so all I can say about that is, um, you know, good, you know, good luck on your future endeavors. I hope everything works out in your favor. Um, you're, you know, he's, he's an amazing actor, you know, uh, he, he's an integral part of the MCU, but he's also done many, many other things that, you know, just really show his range of talent and stuff. So we, he will be missed on screen. Um, he did say that his next outing as Thor will possibly be his last. Um, I don't know if that'll be his last film, um, but it'll be his last outing as Thor himself. Um, did you guys want to throw in any um, words for that? Good. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I think he's doing what we would all do in that situation, which is stepping back, taking a little bit of stock in the life. You know, he has a predisposition, but it's not a diagnosis as of right. yet. Um, and I think it's totally understandable, and I'm sure we do the same thing. Absolutely. Know, spend our time, spend our life. And it could be that he decides, I really enjoy making movies. I'm going to come back and I'm, I'm going to go gung-ho and, and make as many as possible as, um, you know, something like Liam Neeson after his tragedy to, to clearly just jumped in with both feet to whether it was to keep busy or just do things he enjoyed. Um, but again, it's it's a horrible horrible affliction um I, th I remember i think it was seth rogan speaking to i don't know anything about u.s politics but uh mm. congress or a bunch of old men um right. about alzheimer's a few years ago yeah. um and he really articulates it very well just how much damage it can do to a person um, yeah so yeah my heart goes out to him um must be something really tough to learn it's one thing when it's suddenly on your doorstep, but to be told that it, it's just hanging over you, that's going to weigh on you a bit. Absolutely. Oh, Alzheimer's has to be like one of the most like tragic, uh, like afflictions yeah. that, that we can suffer from. Uh, like in the end, that's kind of all we have, you know, is our experiences and our memories. And if, if that gets taken away, then like, what's it all for? Um, I've heard people say like, and really, I, I feel like really rudely and selfishly, like, you know, but Thor, oh, MC, uh, like, dude, yeah. I'm sorry, but go dude. fuck yourself. Like, dude, his life and his yeah. family are, is way more important than your fictional character. Like, I get it. I love Thor, and he's, like, the last of, like, the OGs. None of that matters. None of that matters. Like, whatever he wants to do with his life, with his family, with, and like like what Greg said, if he chooses to come back on his own accord, then that's all on him, but he doesn't owe us anything. Um, he's already done so much. For, for all of us, for all of us MCU fans, we thank you. Uh, and yeah, best best of, of luck to everything. But I, I would, you know, I mean, the guys, I, I assume, has like yeah awesome life experiences up until this point. And like, I hope he makes so much more, you know, like meaningful mm -hmm. memories. Absolutely. So. Uh, speaking of, I mean, Hemsworth, he has that show uh, Limitless on mm -hmm. Disney Plus, uh, which is a national geographic series where he kind of goes and he pushes himself to the limits to do like all these extreme things out in the wild so it's like 
not in the wild per se, but like he does like extreme surfing and like freezing cold water. And it's just like all these things that he just really pushes himself to the limit to do. Um, the dude's a, a, a beast. He goes out there and gives it his all for everything he does, whether it's in real life or in, you know, for us, you know, like you said, you know, being Thor, such a massive, massive thing for a lot of people. But, but you know, like you say, he's given enough, you know, like he's, he's given us Thor, you know, don't, don't be like selfish. Like think about the person behind Thor, you know, the person behind the character and yeah. uh, he deserves it. So I'm, um, you know, Chris, if you're listening, which, you know, who knows, he might be a fan. Um, we really, really, um, you know, wish you luck in your future endeavors and go have fun with your, your two friends and family, man, you deserve it. Um, so that stuff out of the way, uh, let's talk some quick, uh, news bites that have, uh, happened this past week. Uh, so word came down this week that, um, so James Wan's company, Atomic Monster is going to be merging with Blumhouse, uh, over at Universal. Um, so there's a reason why a lot of this is, is huge. Um, so obviously, James Gunn has kind of been, so he's kind of, he's, he works with, you know, he's worked with, with Universal before with the Fast and Furious franchise, um, but he seems to be really, really found a home at Warner Brothers. You know, he's got the Conjuring series. He's doing, he did the first Aquaman. He's doing the second Aquaman. Um, he did Malignant more recently. Um, but it feels like a lot of people are jumping ship at Warner Brothers, which we know why, you know, I feel like the first big one to really jump ship over there was, Last year, the year before, was when uh, Christopher Nolan just dropped Warner Brothers for Universal. Uh, he's doing his Oppenheimer movie, his first movie since I think Insomnia was his first Warner Brothers movie. Um, every other movie since, you know, up up to Tenet was Warner Brothers. He did ship, went to Universal, making Oppenheimer there, and it kind of feels like James Gunn's kind of doing the same. He's going over to Universal with Blumhouse. Um, Lee Wanell, who was one of his producing partners early on, has been working for Blumhouse for a while. He did The Invisible Man recently. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I mean, I think I think uh, you know you have two of the biggest powerhouses in horror right now, like joining forces. Um, do you guys think it's a good thing? Are you guys excited to see what they, what they do in the future? Um, what are your guys' general thoughts on, on, on this? I think I'm kind of mixed on it. Uh, honestly, I think, um, I think both studios have been, been doing some really interesting things. Or sorry, both production companies have been doing really interesting things recently. Mm. Um, I like James Wan. I like, that he seems to have gotten into his groove a little bit. Um, he makes films that feel fun. They feel like he's having a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what did and, you think? What did you think of *Malignant*? Uh, I got halfway through it before I realized what I was watching. It was on TV. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, so I came into it from a very different angle um, and then realized what it was. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I, I it liked was, it. I, I liked it a lot. It was actually, good. yeah. I've no. Yeah. It, it's not, uh, you know, it's not an A24 cerebral horror. <laughs> no. But there's a there's a place for everything. And I think he's pretty good at that. Um, I think Blumhouse have been some swings and some misses, but more importantly, swings. Uh, Absolutely. Um, and, you know, they're both getting that big old universal fat cash. Maybe we'll get to see some good things out of them, but but part of me worries, are we seeing two creative forces 
solidified into one creative force when I'd rather have mm. a, a couple out there. So absolutely. I we'll agree. see. We'll see how much if if creatives are jumping ship to go somewhere, I have to hope that it's because they're being allowed to keep their creative visions. Right. That that they're being told you wouldn't be allowed to do this at Warner Brothers, but come over here, come here, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll have fun. We'll let you do whatever you want. And that if that's the case, great. Look forward Absolutely. to seeing what they come up with. I, I, I kind of agree, and I think that that like I mean like not to change the subject, and and I I don't mean to to do this, but like no, James please. James Gunn going to like Warner Brothers, right? I think like he gets a lot more. He he has the option to do a lot more than he probably would have at Disney. You know what I mean? Because like Warner Brothers is not like it, we're not just making family friendly stuff over there, and like they can do that. And you know it's it's weird with all the ships too. I know Juan had like the whole thing at Universal with. Him leaving like the uh, Fast Fast Ten production, mm. um, I know oh, yeah. he had like an issue with Vin Diesel. Apparently, uh, rumors. It's, it's said, Vin so. Diesel. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I <laughs> it's it's crazy because he he you know he had to break contract for it. You know what I mean? And like it kind of puts him in a position. But obviously, yeah. him merging with with Blumhouse is I think a uh, is a, uh, hopefully a, a direction that he wants to go in. Um, lucratively, but I hope also creatively. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Like, there's also also like Walter Yamada is like heading like the horror for Paramount now. Yeah. So it's like everybody's kind of focusing on like their horror aspect of their production, um, which is is kind of cool for Yamada too because I feel like he didn't get a fair shake at Warner Brothers mm-hmm. uh, before Zaslav came in. So I don't know. That, that's all like super deep cut I stuff. Think every studio yeah. should be investing in horror. Uh, particularly because it is a great breeding ground for great directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yes. mean, it may even come up later in this podcast, but almost every fantastic director we have right now from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, James Gunn to uh, Peter Jackson, you know, mm-hmm. color teeth mm-hmm. on lower budget horror. So yeah. if I was a studio, that's, I mean, that, that's where you get a little bit of fun and artistic yeah. filmmaking. Yeah, and I think it's a perfect place to start getting your talent ready. I think also just from like a financials, like it's it's a low um, investment and like potentially yeah. high returns. Very high gain. You know? Like so, horror is what kind of saved the box office mm-hmm. when movies weren't coming out. It was you know these 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 horror films that were that were coming out and like breaking these box office records. You know because mm-hmm. nothing else was out. But e- even if that's the case, you know that just goes to show the appetite is there for the horror films. Yeah, like you mentioned, Paramount. Like Paramount's actually, you know, I feel like one of the strongest kind of uh, they're beginning to be one of the strongest players in the horror genre right now too. You know they had you know they have the the Quiet Place series, which I consider to be horror, you know. Um, recently, they came out with Smile, which was a pretty big up box office success. And it's on Paramount Plus now, and it's doing amazing numbers there. It was a great movie. I got to check it out, and it was absolutely terrifying. Um, and, and they even have the Scream franchise now. So, you know, they're, they're carrying it forward. Um, so I think uh, horror is a great investment. And these two powerhouses teaming up. And, and I think you're right with the... I feel like Malignant was his kind of, you know, litmus test to see if Warner Brothers will let him do what he wanted, right? Because yeah. Malignant is very much a James Wan 
just project through and through. Like there, there's no studio. Like, I mean, obviously it's Warner Brothers, but there's no studio interference. It just feels like James Gunn or sorry, James Wan. Oops, sorry, my bad. Um, and I think um, that was kind of a litmus test and it didn't do very well. I mean, it, it did it did good, but it didn't do spectacular. And I feel like Warner Brothers was kind of like, no, we can't, we can't let you do this. And I feel like Universal and Blumhouse was like, yeah, come do that. <laughs> come yeah. do more of that over here. We'll, we'll get you. We got you. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they come out with in the future. Um, I'm excited for it. I think uh, I am of two minds, but overall, I'm generally excited for it to see what they're going to produce uh, for us in the future. And I would love to see James Wan take on a universal monster like Lee Wan now did with the Invisible Man. Give James Wan, you know, a uh, really cool modern you know dracula or like something interesting a wolf man or something really really fun something really really interesting would be really cool. oh that'd be cool yeah that would be amazing um so um this is just a really really quick aside um i had kind of wanted to talk about a little bit more but i realized there's not a lot to talk about because we don't know a lot about it and we're talking about some disney we're talking about a new entry in the pirates of the caribbean in, uh, series uh which was supposed to feature margot robbie and the female-led cast um so i, I personally 100 like pirates of the caribbean one of my favorite attractions at the Disney parks. Uh, I really, really loved the first movie, actually. Uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, I, I think I thought was phenomenal. But then it went off the the, edge, the ledges and kind of got super weird, super fast. Uh, you got all the politics involved. You got all the trade routes involved. And they, they tried to go like a Star Wars route, you know, prequel route with all these weird political stuff. Um, Jack Sparrow was the center of it. Um, Jack Sparrow got really old really fast. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it was kind of nice to see something different going on there. They were going to introduce some new characters. And it's a massive world, right? It's the uh, it's pirates. It's in the, you know, it's set, you know, in that time period. There's this whole world they can explore and get rid of Jack Sparrow, do something different. But apparently it's dead in the water. Um, we don't really have exact details, even what it was going to be, really. Like, we, we, we really have no idea. Um, but Disney pulled the plug on it. Uh, were you guys uh, at all looking forward to this? I, I, I'm sure you guys had heard the rumblings before about it happening, that it was going to happen. Uh, what were your guys' initial thoughts on it? And what do you guys think now that it's kind of been, the plug has been pulled? Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I, I, I don't know, I have much of an opinion on this one. Just going to be a rarity. It was one of those things that even when the news first broke, I thought, well, that's you know, there's only a 50 50 chance that it's ever going to be better. Right. And I hadn't even put it on my radar as a an actual upcoming film, more just another project it could happen right. fall over so I, I can't say i was surprised or felt one way or another i do feel like maybe i'm getting a little bit of margot robbie overexposure okay I, I, she's a fantastic actress love her and everything i see her in very charismatic but uh, you know I, I like to see different faces on screen and <laughs> she's going to be barbie it feels as if she's showing up uh, quite a lot and whether it's her or Samara weaving, it's the same face showing up a lot. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I'm double dipping on Margot Robbie at the moment. Absolutely. Um, and again, I think she's a fantastic actress. It's, it's not a slight on her at all. Just it, she doesn't need to lead every franchise. Um, 
So I'm sure the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise won't stay dead long. No, uh, absolutely. They, they'll dig it up. Like you said, that first film was phenomenal. It's I had incredible. no expectations. Going in, and it is yeah. so, so good. Um, the rest of the films, I can take or leave. Um, mm. I'm sure we'll see the, the series coming up again. And I would uh, love to see them do something wild and unexpected with it. Absolutely. Uh, I, I agree with you about Margot Robbie. I, I do enjoy her. I think she's she's fantastic. She's she's great. I think this might actually benefit her in the end. Like maybe she kind of dodged a bullet by not doing this, um, just to avoid that overexposure. Um, you know, I, I like Dana especially. Like, just if she sees too much of somebody, she's like, get out of here. Like Tom Holland, get out of here. She hates Chris Pratt. Um, J Law. Oh, Chris Pratt is one hundred percent on my. Over yeah. yeah, like and she's just the like, one element of Mario that I'm not looking forward to at all. I know, I know. It's so funny that he released that. Like, it's to me, a Mario. He's like, that's not the voice. That was the voice. That was absolutely <laughs> the voice. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I you know, I, and I, I feel like not not so much on on her. I just like I I, I really en- enjoy her as an actor. So uh, I mean, I enjoy J Law too, but I think she super got overexposed. <laughs> Uh, to her detriment so again i think this might be better i honestly think they should just put the, the pirates to rest like of course disney's not going to let go of anything they, they're they like so good at like hammering things into the ground like nobody asks for these live action versions of their their classic animated shows or movies and they just keep turning them out so whatever but i again that first pirates was so good you know and i think it was the shift of how they treated jack because Jack, like, it was, like, in the first movie, he was, like, playing the fool, but he was mm. really, like, a genius. But then in the other movies, he was just actually a fool. So it's, like, it kind of took away. They turned him into, like, a caricature of himself. Um, and it just, it got overbloated. There was just too many, like, subplots going on. Um, Kira Knightley, like, doing her lip thing, like, too much. Um, and then her nose yeah. thing that she does. Um, I, I don't dislike Kira Knightley. I actually really like her, oh, too. Oh, same. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I would rather they just probably put that to rest or, or like let that sleep for like another ten years before they we do we see another reboot. So absolutely. How about a yeah. Bill Nye Davy Jones prequel. There, um, that, that there you watch. go. Yes, I would be totally like, down with that one hundred percent. Real quick, I want to dive into some box office news, um, some or some box office numbers really because Black <laughs> Panther. Um, so Black Panther uh, opening weekend, it actually uh, did. Uh, quite well um not so opening weekend for uh wakanda forever this is domestic or i believe this is yeah Yeah, it was domestic Um, did two so the first black panther opening upon opening made 200 million opening weekend which is massive um wakanda forever has made 181 million dollars opening weekend which is you know nothing to gawk at um but the big story (laughs) well i guess it's a story just because they came out at the same time and you know the comparisons are going to be inevitable um so black adam came out a few weeks ago uh it was kind of the kickoff to this big holiday movie season it was kind of the first one to come out it's expected to be this huge blockbuster it did break records upon opening um first weekend it broke october records uh which I mean, isn't super terribly hard to do, especially when you're a superhero movie starring The Rock, Um, Dwayne Johnson. Sorry, I apologize. Um, But um, Black Panther in this past week uh, surpassed all of Black Adam's 
entire take since it's been out in one week. Um, does that say anything to you guys? I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like Marvel fatigue is has set in for a lot of people. Um, but I, I, I'm having a hard time quantifying that with DC fatigue because there's not a lot of DC. There's isn't a ton of DC stuff out. Uh, it's just superhero fatigue right now, right? Like, like yeah, people are I, just sick, so they have to pick and choose what they're going to go watch. Um, what do you guys think? Feel like what, what do you guys feel like amplified Wakanda Forever's voice as opposed to something like Black Adam? I mean, I know you know I have my opinions. You know, obviously. People want to know what's going to happen next, right? Chadwick Boseman, uh, you know, his 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 uh, unfortunate passing played a huge part in people going to watch this movie. I hate to say it, but it's it's true. And I still think if he was if he was still part of the series, I still think it would have made a lot of money, and I still think a lot of people would have went to go see it. But I don't think the draw would have been as big as it is now with the state of superhero movies right now. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that's that's pretty much it? Like that that's the answer to why it's it's dominated everything I, right now? I mean, not to be, I, I don't, I I hate to like compare. It's apples and oranges, obviously. But I, it is. I, to, I mean, I think Black Adam was just more of the same. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's The Rock again. Yeah. Congratulations to The Rock. It was his biggest opening of his Absolutely. Career. You know what I mean? But, and the cool thing is he came out, he recorded, he was like, dude, uh, talk about getting our asses kicked. And then he congratulated the whole team of Black Panther, um, you know, and that was really cool. And that was like really nice of him to do. Um, and I, I think that's cool. But like it, Black Panther was a superior movie. I think like kind of objectively speaking, uh, I, I, well, I shouldn't say that, uh, at least in my opinion, there there was a lot of uh, things that they kind of handled that wasn't something that we see a lot in superhero movies. It wasn't just like a big uh, punch, punch up of, a, of like an action movie. I think we got to see a little bit more emotion um, and depth to that. I think that that it needed to be. You know, mm-hmm. um, also just, yeah, out of the curiosity of like, how are they going to handle this with the loss of Chadwick? Um, where were we going moving forward? Who was going to be the next Black Panther? Um, there was a lot of questions that people had that people wanted to see. Um, so, yeah, Black Panther Way of Water, I thought was like fantastic <laughs> um, and deserved um, all of the praise and deserved all of the uh, the box office stuff. But I, I yeah, I there is superhero fatigue and i i think you know like that we should all be careful they should all be careful because like you know obviously quality over quantity uh, if they it doesn't matter who's saturating the box office with bad movies it's bad for everybody right like if if dc keeps making bad movies that's bad for marvel if marvel keeps making bad movies it's bad for dc because okay. the general public isn't like dc versus marvel you know what i mean the general no, public don't. is all superheroes and I think the the interesting thing, especially right now with James Gunn running DC, he's still finishing up Guardians of the Galaxy three, right, and working on the Christmas special for Disney Plus. Um, so he shows that like he's like the perfect prime model for fans to be like, hey, like it doesn't matter what company you like more, like you guys, you can like both. It's fine. It's cool. Even he's come out and it's like, it's cool, man. I can work with both. Yeah, totally fine. Also, um, speaking of which, I heard rumblings that his Christmas special, The Guardians, is mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Uh, it looks, it looks, it looks hilarious. Like I was um, hoping it was going to be a real homage to the to the Star Wars holiday special and have some animated segments <laughs> yeah. and just be utterly trash. That's what I was really hoping. Like very, <laughs> really awful. 
So Kevin Feige came out and he said that that was uh, James Gunn's like first idea when they announced that like we're gonna do Disney Plus, we're gonna do a streaming service, and James Gunn immediately was like, "Let's do a, a Christmas special." Like yeah, that was, was his first like, thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is really fun. But yeah, I I heard it was really 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 well done. Um, and people said that this might be like one of the more celebrated Christmas specials moving forward, uh, which is really cool to hear. Like that's that's a lot of fun. Um, anyway. Anyway, uh, Greg, have you seen Black Adam or Black? Or to my shame, I my nerd. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I haven't seen either, but I haven't oh, seen them fuck. for two different reasons. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen uh, Black Panther because I haven't had time. I haven't seen Black Adam because I'm not going to sit through a DC film unless I can have my phone out in front of me and pause <laughs> and walk away and take a breather for a little while. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if that's representative of a lot of people, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more interested in seeing Wakanda Forever than, than Black Adam because I I haven't really enjoyed any of the DC films. Some have had their moments, but by Absolutely. far most haven't. I, I feel like the, like the oh sorry, go ahead. No, and and for Black Panther, yeah, I'm I'm definitely feeling superhero fatigue. I like that they're hitting streaming a little bit earlier, and I can just watch them at home. I do want to see Wakanda Forever on a big screen. Mm. And I think part of that is what you were saying, Christian. It it it, it brings it into a bit more of a mainstream audience, or not a mainstream audience, but a real life audience. If you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it has more of a cultural impact, partly because the first one did, and partly because of Chadwick. Both with uh, unfortunate passing, it brings a little bit more sort of importance to, it, if you like, or import. Um, mm. So I am going to see Wakanda Forever in the cinema. I'll see that this week. Uh, Black Adam. I will wait till I can get yeah. half my attention. Cool, All right, Christian. You were going to say, something yeah, I, I I think that's kind of a um, a a big point to. Like I, I feel like the the current DC movies are paying for the sins of like the old DC movies, yes. um, like like they're they're easily getting judged by like how people saw like the 2016 run of of um, like I still like I get angry when I think about Batman v Superman like oh like it's just such a failure on so many levels like all of those I I I don't get it I mean I get. I still remember seeing in a cinema and I remember we were set up quite far back and I remember seeing other audience members begin to look around as if to say, (laughs) you guys, is this just me or is this crap? There was this really just, the entire audience felt uncomfortable. Like they were watching a sort of kid's pantomime and they were like, God, this is really bad, but I don't want to say anything in case it's, you know, rude. We were we went to the it was Dana and I and a couple a few friends went to the midnight release of Batman v Superman and like we were there's a couple of times in the movie we don't have to go over it but like where you're just like what the get out of here and then like we reached we get to the end of the movie and credits roll and then the audience is like Whoa! and then we were like what like it was just <laughs> us in our row like are you high we're like just yelling at everybody we're like what what movie were you watching I don't know I was just. I don't get it, but there's definitely a divide. Like people are like are just choosing to like. I, I am a, a DC fanboy through and through. We know some yeah. of those people personally, we do. and I get we that. I, I get it. That's fine. Like you, you, people kind of go into a movie and they make a choice that I'm. I'm mm-hmm. deciding that I'm going to support this movie regardless yeah, no, of how I, this comes out. Like, yeah. And it, that's, no. Oh, go ahead. 
No, I, I I mean I get that, but I mean like the the more you do that, this is the reason why we get bad movies is because like these these bad movies are still making money. People mm-hmm. go out to support these things, and like we did this podcast like a year ago with I don't remember what his name was, and I don't mean to talk crap about him, but we were talking about Book of Boba Fett, and I was like trashing mm-hmm. it. I was like, this is bad, and then he kind of like let me talk, and he was really nice about it. But then eventually he was like, you know. In the end, it's still Star Wars. It's just Star Wars. So just enjoy it. And I'm like, that's the worst, like, the worst philosophy you could have as a fan. Because yeah. that's just inviting crap. You know what I mean? You should demand the best of, of the stuff that you're fans of. Like, why why else would you be a fan of stuff if it's not good? I don't. Right. I just don't get that philosophy. Totally agree. Which is why we can all agree uh, that the latest Star Wars series is incredibly boring and going nowhere. I think I do not agree. Oh my god! I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> um, I've heard both sides. I've heard both sides of the uh, the coin, though. So um, I'm very curious to check it out to see where Just, I land. We get to see a different side of the Star Wars universe, but that side is the administrative middle manager <laughs> Monday to Friday. What side. I love about it. It's so oh, is, is it over? Is no, it? we have one more episode. Okay. I, I talked to Thea about this and th- I was like, it's my favorite show that nobody's watching right now. And she's like, thank you. She's like, I, she's like, I feel like it's just you and me. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I get that. I get We're going to have to, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it over the next week or so. And in a couple of weeks, we'll have everyone back and we'll be talking about it. Yes. Uh, um, uh, Eli light. will have opinions. Criticism well. in <laughs> love it i love it i need it. to check it out but see that's the best thing about it though right when you can discuss it in a in a, in a civil fun manner that's what yeah. i love about fandom like it yeah. doesn't all have to be perfect not everyone has to love the same thing like as long as you can talk about it discuss it it's all good man like we're all we're all having fun we're all here for the same thing we all want stuff to be good um so all right <laughs> so that's kind of the quick news um so now I kind of, I'm very, very, I, I want to talk, we're going to talk about James Cameron, guys. We're going to, we're going to um, talk about him, a little bit about his filmography and um, just kind of where he stands now in, in, in film, in filmmaking and in, you know, box office wise, where we think he's going to stand. So um, first I want to ask you guys a question. Um, if you guys could remember what, was your guys' first kind of exposure to James Cameron? Now, it doesn't have to be your kind of favorite thing of his, or you didn't even have to realize that James Cam- it was James Cameron at the time. But what do you remember experiencing for the first time and being like, wow, this is pretty cool, or, you know, whatever. And then maybe look back on it and be like, hey, that was James Cameron. I didn't even realize it at the time. Um, so if you guys want to go and take it away, um, Greg, if you want to start with that one. Yeah, what, what was I, kind of- I do remember the first one I saw, um, or I, the first one that I saw about half an hour of, more specifically, um, when I was at primary, so I, I was pretty young, maybe eight or nine, I think, um, and there was one kid at school, I think we all had that friend at school, Oh yeah. parents would let him watch whatever <laughs> he wanted, regardless of the rating, um, and I was over at his house uh, one day, and we watched the first, uh, I don't know how long, half hour, hour of Aliens. Oh, nice. Um, and, okay. you know, it could have been trash, but I was watching an 18-rated film, so I was like, <laughs> this is the best thing ever. I just I, I just remember the, the hand-knife sequence <sighs> um, the, where, where um, Bishop is yeah. showing off his Android skills. I just thought it was so cool. Um, 
That's my 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 earliest okay. experience. And you know what? I still watch those scenes and I'm like, oh yeah, cool. yeah. Aliens is fantastic. What about you, Christian? Um, yeah, hot take. Aliens is better than Alien. Um, I'm oh, a bigger I fan of the sequel than the original. Uh, that. I agree. Um, <laughs> I, I, and just not to diss on Ridley Scott, but I also no, no. I also enjoyed um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine um, over Blade Runner. Um, that's it. Anyway, um, <laughs> for me, the first Cameron movie that I like, like oh, this is James Cameron, um, was Terminator two for me. Um, who's that? 91? 92? Uh, 91. Yeah. 91. Yeah. So I'm like 10. I was like, I was, no, I was like nine, eight or nine. Anyway. Um, but I, there was such like, uh, like iconic movie for my childhood. Like it was just, I remember like the, the pandemonium, I think I saw it like three times in theaters. Um, like we, you know, I saw it with my dad and then we, we, I went with cousins and then I went another time with other cousins and like, just, I remember like the scenes of like him, like, at the end where he like gets into the van and then he like is about to like hotwire it and then he like drops the sun visor and then like grabs and like the cheer in the audience um but i still like can go back to that movie and i still like it still holds up for me i love t2 i That's love amazing. aliens um i like i remember after that it was even um true lies like i love true lies like that movie's oh, so ridiculous film. um yeah i can't as as much crap as I would talk about James Cameron, I can't deny that I enjoy his movies. Like, I can't. I'm trying to think of a James Cameron movie that I like. Don't absolutely like. I don't know Abyss. Like, just I I remember a, a like Abyss more than the actual movie. Just the memory of the movie being re released. Um, yeah, as a kid. So so it's funny you bring up Abyss because I um. So I remember this very vividly. I would be like hanging out. I was like eight or nine. And my grandpa, my grandpa had a really, yeah, I don't know if you call it a bad habit or whatever. We all used to do it, you know, recording movies from HBO or whatever, right? On VHS tapes. And he'd write it down on the on the thing. And then he just had stacks of them. Mm. And I remember when I was a kid, I was at his house one day, I was going through the VHS tapes and I kept on seeing this one called The Abyss. And I was like eight or nine. I was like, I don't care, but it sounds kind of cool. Like, what is the abyss? I got very curious. I think I just possibly learned what that word was. It was like an abyss, like a day, an unknown, whatever. Um, and that was the first time that I had watched anything James Cameron. Like that, I watched the abyss and I was like, I was kind of blown away by it. It was kind of the weirdest, coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. You know, I, I just still have the vision of the big kind of thing at the bottom of the ocean, you know, kind of this big, kind of look like the bubble kind of thing coming at them and stuff like that. Looked incredible, looked great. Um, and that was my first experience. But the I think the most important experience I had with James Cameron was Terminator 2. And Terminator 2 was the film where I was like, that was one of the, my very, very, I was like 11 years old. I, we didn't watch it till it came out on VHS. My parents were obsessed with Terminator, the first one. I know I had seen it before. Um, we had that on VHS. Second one came out on VHS. It was like a big deal for everybody. You know, it was Arnold at the time. He was Matt, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You yeah. Know? Um, I remember watching that movie and that was one of the first movies where I was like, like, I want to make movies <laughs> like this, like you can do this. Like it's just blew my mind. And I, even at like 11, 12 years old, I understood the um, uh, everything kind of behind the scenes and everything, you know, I was a big movie geek growing up. So I'd read like things like entertainment weekly and all these other magazines. And I'd watch, I was there like 
11 year old watching entertainment tonight, you know, just to learn all the, you know, get all the interviews and learn everything. Um, so it just kind of blew my mind that, that, that you can do something like that on film and make it feel real. Like it was just one of those moments in my life that I'll never forget. And I'll never forget the, him taking off his, his oh you know, skin, like cutting so it cool. and like taking <laughs> it off. And my little brother's just like freaking F out. Like they had no idea what was happening. Like this was the most horrifying thing they had ever seen. And listen, my, my, my parents were those parents you were talking about, Greg, who didn't have any kind of like, you guys watch whatever you want. Like, it doesn't matter. So <laughs> you, you were know. that guy. <laughs> yeah. We were that guy. I was that guy. So like, you know, my little brothers were like, literally like three or four, <laughs> just like running around watching Terminator two with us and just, it's just scaring the bejesus out of them. Um, so that, that was my first exposure. Um, so we kind of covered this a little bit, but uh, let's jump into what, what is your favorite James Cameron movie? If you had to pick one, that's your all-time favorite, one that you can watch over and over again, one that like, if someone says, hey, who's this James Cameron guy? You're like, watch this. Like, this is going to show you everything you need to know about James Cameron. What movie is that movie for you guys? It's Terminator 2. That's not even a question for me. I don't even have to yeah. think about it. It's Terminator 2. I, that's what um, I it's, it's, not, no, it's not necessarily my favorite. If I had to watch one, this. No, if that was on TV, I'd watch it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Easily. Uh, what, what do you say your favorite staying is? on. Maybe Aliens. I love Aliens. Oh, see, I know. Okay. It, uh, but uh, at this point, we're, we're arguing over nothing here. I, this is way for it. I could go either way. Right. And, and it's it's crazy how so, I, I, you know, doing some some research on the guy, he started out working for people like Roger Corman. Right. He was working for Roger Corman. He actually I didn't realize this, but he was part of the visual effects team on Escape from New York, mm-hmm. um, which I honestly had no clue about till I till I recently read that um, he went on to do his first his first film, which his first he doesn't consider it his first directing gig because it was a, a, a gig for hire, which was Piranha 2. <laughs> um, I, and I watched I, that on I watched that on Thursday. Um, yeah. After you, you told me the topic of this, I realized it was the only one of his feature films that, that I hadn't seen, excluding documentaries. Right, right. Um, and I thought, well, I've, I've got to see it. Um, but first I thought, well, I, I don't want to jump in halfway through the story. I've got to make sure it makes sense. So I watched Piranha 1. Uh, really is good fun. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's good it film. Is. It's, it's serviceable. Um, yeah, absolutely. Joe Dante from Grandlands directing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has a really fun, mischievous sense of humor. I love the way that the villainous scientist pronounced it Piranha. Uh, <laughs> that made me grin all the way through the film. Um, I think it's fair to say that James Cameron's sequel doesn't quite hit those standards. It's pretty bad. From what I understand, he only directed a couple of weeks before he was fired. So he's, he's more of a name on the credits. Right. A real director. I'm not sure I believe that now, having watched it. There's a lot of his sort of signature blue lighting, which now you've mentioned Carpenter films, makes a little bit of sense. He loves his blue wash lighting on everyone's yeah. face close-ups and there's a lot of that throughout the film so i don't know maybe he did direct a bit more than his IMDb suggests he yeah, still and I think... to this day does claim it to be the best flying piranha film ever made uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's fair it's, it's... 
you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fine. And then, you know, he goes on to, you know, taking inspiration from John Carpenter again, uh, Halloween. He, he, he uses that kind of template for Terminator. Terminator. So he, yeah. he moves on, he does Terminator, uh, which is a, a massive success. Like it's, it's, you know, again, it's one of those, I feel like it's one of those um, culture defining movies that, you know, it didn't, things like that just didn't exist before. And I find it fascinating, you know, after I, I, which I didn't even put the two together. I was like Halloween, Terminator, they both have very specific, they have the same themes. Like they're, they're very, very similar in tone. And the first Terminator is this great cat and mouse horror film. Like it's, it's straight up horror. I don't care what anyone see. That's not, it's, mm-hmm. sci, you know, has a sci-fi elements, but it's, it's a horror movie. Um, it's and funny you can, say that. Cause I thought earlier in the week when I was thinking about this, if it wasn't for Terminator 2, if Cameron hadn't come back and written Terminator 2, I could see it have become a Halloween or a Friday the 13th type franchise where mm-hmm. a different killer robot stalks a different woman every time and they just get worse and worse and worse. And right. Terminator's just a, a horror movie icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could totally see that alternate universe. Gosh, now I kind of want to see that a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but then you know, but then he goes on does the abyss, you know, which was also you know I, I don't believe it was a huge success, but I think it did well enough to you know get him basically a, a you know a spot at the you know this guy knows what he's doing, he's he's good. Um, and I, since the first Terminator came out, he, the talks of a second Terminator have been in the rumblings, and he eventually did it, and it came out in 1991, and this thing was just a juggernaut, like it. You know, when you look back at his filmography and how big of a name he is, like he really, he's, he really hasn't directed a whole lot of movies. Like he's only no. done what, five yeah. or six, I think, like big, right. you know, movies. Less than Tarantino. Um, yeah. Less than Tarantino's. Eight. Yeah. yeah eight. eight um, and he's, you know, uh, he does Terminator 2 mm-hmm. and that just, that just blows up that, you know, blows everyone's mind. And like, you, you know. Kind of like, oh, I, I forgot to throw Aliens in there. I apologize. He did uh, Aliens not long after the first Terminator, if I'm not mistaken, before mm, yeah. he did the- Avengers. 86, right? 86, yes. Yeah. And that that's another kind of genre. You know, he completely changed genres, much like Terminator and Terminator 2. Alien, the first one, is a straight-up horror film. And then you get into Terminator 2, which is just a straight-up action movie, right? It's James Cameron. has horror elements, but it's very sci-fi very action oriented mm-hmm. compared to the first one, um, which is great though. I mean, that's what, you know, I think James Cameron, he kind of works best uh, with the exception of Piranha too. Uh, so far, like two of his best movies are sequels, right? They're, uh, you know, Aliens and Terminator 2 are, you know, he takes the, his, you know, he takes the mythology from the first one and builds on it and Expands, in a really yeah. cool way. Like that's what a sequel should do. Right. Yeah. Uh, he does fantastic. And then he, you know, Terminator 2 comes out, massive success, just changes everything, uh, even special effects. Like it, it's it still, it still holds up really well too. There are some scenes where you're watching here, you're like, okay, like that's not Arnold or that's, you know, all these very little. <laughs> They're like details. robot getting shot in the head. Right. Um. Um, but then he does uh, True Lies, which is yeah. another film that I thought was fantastic. I remember mm. that was a huge moment. And the um, Jamie Lee Curtis scene, was a kind of a that was one of the, the limits my parents did have. <laughs> they always fast forwarded it or told us to close our eyes. Or blue that. lighting, by the way. Yeah, blue lighting <laughs> exactly. Um, and I don't know. Did you guys ever get the opportunity to do the Terminator Two 3D attraction at Universal sure did. Studios? 
You did? I sure did. Uh, okay, awesome. I did too. What what do you what did you think? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I, I'm, I've always been a nitpicky child, um, and I still have to this day. So um, just the idea of traveling through time and still having your clothes and your motorbike and your like, that—that's—that's that's do it. Huh? Not how it works. Um, so I remember coming out more frustrated than anything. But that—I uh, can understand why on a uh, Universal Park, they don't want a naked right. lookalike <laughs> just striding across a stage. So, uh, yeah, a few a few complaints from adults, I think, if that had happened. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Christian, did you get a chance to? I did out? not. I, oh, okay. I regretfully, but I, you I know, I've seen it on YouTube. I've watched the whole thing. Yeah, over. I thought it was a lot of fun. I got to check it out. What ninety seven? I think mm-hmm. we did this school trip to Orlando, and we did Disney World and Universal Studios, and that was like the biggest thing at the you know terminator 2 3d like it was this big immersive experience and it was all directed by cameron brought back arnold edward furlong like you know it was just it was a fun story and like you said great it was just fun for what it was um you know and it still pushed the boundaries for special effects and everything it looked amazing it looked like you were watching term you were in the world of terminator which i thought was really cool yeah he's not a guy that phones it in no, no. it would have been Never. so easy to, to just take the money and put out mm. You know the the bare minimum for that, and he really doesn't. You can feel yeah. there's love in it. Absolutely, I, I think like with Cameron, I think one of the legacies that he's going to leave behind, aside from making two of like, first of all, it's not easy to make a sequel, and he's made two oh. of the greatest sequels that are going to like you yeah. know when you think about like fantastic sequels. I know Godfather Two is there, but like you got to talk Terminator Two, you got to talk Aliens. Um, I think one of the biggest legacies that he's going to leave is the fact that he was always pushing like the VFX like technology whether there was digital or or traditional you know um always like you could always rely on like seeing like amazing effects in his movies um i i kind of mentioned this last week i accidentally bought tickets for wakanda forever in 3d um but but so i was not i did not intend to do that i don't really enjoy watching 3d movies but we got to see avatar 2 uh the trailer in 3d and you know there were other trailers where you know they do like the uh, like in your face. Um, I, I'm I'm pointing at the camera, by the way, if you're listening to this. Um, and you know, like I I think what what he did, it's just it's almost like overwhelming. Uh, it's just like seeing that in 3D. The the two minutes that we got to see the trailer was like. I did. I couldn't even fathom like how am I even seeing this right now? Um, mm-hmm. Like whatever he did with the first movie, like just. Of course, it was gonna it was gonna um, go crazy in, in this movie. It's been it's been long enough, you know. Like, of course, the technology's pushed, but um, it was almost too much. It was almost too much. Like, um, it just felt like too Im- too immersive. I don't know if I can say that. Like, I is there a what you mean, though? But yeah, I get um, it. Uh, but I that being said, I, I'm willing to see it in 3D because just to to see somebody really like. Mm-hmm you know, focus on that, that aspect. Absolutely. And that's what, you know, that's what makes him such a, a you know, like you say, he never phones it in, but he, 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 he cares about what you see on screen, like mm-hmm. everything you see, whether it's 3d or not, like if it's in 3d, like everything's going to be this really immersive, great 
3D. And it's not just going to be that tacky, like, you know, converted 3D that we often get. Um, it's going to be shot in 3D. And that, yeah. you know, that's kind of what he does. And and like Christian said, it's not the gimmicky 3D. It's not, it's not. You know, water yeah. splashing out of your face. Um, I remember watching the Avatar in the cinema first time. What hit me was, it wasn't things coming out of the screen. It was the depth mm-hmm. in yeah. the screen. Yeah. It was more... Uh, what I was looking at suddenly feeling like it expanded beyond this 2D canvas rather mm. than coming out at me. And that was a big absolutely. difference that a lot of that 3D craze didn't really seem to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, and then, you know, that, that kind of brings us to the, what 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 newspapers and what, what websites were calling at the time the biggest failure in movie history, um, which is Titanic. Um, (laughs) after numerous pushbacks over budget, just this, what seemed like a disastrous shoot, like people were already calling it the, the, you know, James Cameron was done. This was going to bankrupt, you know, Fox, right? It was Fox at the time, I believe is Titanic Fox. I think Titanic is Fox. Yeah. I was going to bankrupt Fox. Like this is the disaster, um, goes on to become the biggest movie of all time. Um, also wins numerous Oscars, including best picture. Um, so I'm curious what you guys, so I, I remember, so I was uh, 17 when it came out in 97. Um, I was working at the movie theater at the time. It was literally, I had started a week before it was my first job. I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to check this start. out. So there's, titanic's coming out people are like it's gonna bomb man nobody you know the, the theater we got like two prints of it right like two prints in a nine plex theater it wasn't even in our biggest theater it was in like oh my theater God. two and like i can't even remember what was in theater one i think it was like i don't i don't even know what it was it was it was some other like it could have been like the omega code or end of days or something like that some you know movie at the time but um that weekend was the, I, I had nightmares. I'm not even joking. Like I had nightmares of that, that weekend because line, the, the, the lobby was just packed, like full of people, people waiting in line. I'm like, you know, they call it a greenhorn, you know, in the movie theater, you know, trying to get my, my bearing straight. This movie just exploded. Bloated, I think bigger than anyone thought it was going to. We had to like the the studio sent us like prints. Like they were just like over the weekend, they express delivered us prints. So we had new prints by Saturday. And we had like, next thing we know, we had like four theaters playing it. Biggest theater. We had to put in the biggest theater. This thing was just um, taking over. Did you guys see it in theaters when it came out? Yeah, I, I did. I was a little bit younger than you, which is why my beard's a little bit. Um, yeah, I get that. I got all the <laughs> Um and I didn't want to see, it, of course. I was I was early teens. I don't right. want to go see uh, a chick flick, a romance. I know what happens at the end of Titanic. I don't <laughs> really see that, um, you know. And begrudgingly, it was brilliant. Of course, it was. It was just great yeah. fun. Um, and I think that's a, a testament to Cameron. And it's it's actually the one thing that kind of comes to mind throughout all of this. He is just so. so how would I even put it? <laughs> it's it's people pleasing you know nobody can watch any of his films and be unhappy through it you know it's what's the line in in wayne's world you know not everyone's liked by everyone even led zeppelin weren't liked by everyone they left that to the Bee Gees. he's the Bee Gees of movies i like that actually i like that comparison (laughs) you know you you're just they're great every one of his films is enjoyable Mm. um 
maybe not Avatar, but we'll, we'll come to that. <laughs> yeah, shortly. we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it was fantastic. Um, even though I really didn't want to like it at the time. And, Same. You know, I, I remember seeing came it. out saying that no, was rubbish, but no, I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I remember seeing. You know, I was seventeen. You know, I was I was again a bit older, but even at that age, I was like, you know, I was like, why? Why? Like, <laughs> what am I going to watch this romance? You know, um, I just didn't didn't care, and I. I fell in love with it, like the the walking out of it, like it's it truly is one of the great not, not just love stories of our time, but I, I feel like it's just it, just a beautifully well done movie and the care that he has for the Titanic and like why he took on the project in the first place, like that all shows on the screen. Like it's not just this romance between Jack and Rose; it's the ship itself, like that. It, you know, it's a love letter to the to the ship and the passengers and everyone else that was on that ship that day. Um, it's just a beautiful film, and the special effects are just still beautiful. But it's not over. You know, it's not special effects for special effects. It's not. No, you know, they, it's those, those, story. the leads are so charismatic throughout, which yeah. is something from all of his earlier films. Absolutely, uh, and and it, uh, it was a double Terminator, Aliens. The leads are so much fun to watch and so energetic. And Titanic mm -hmm. has that. Um, and the, the set pieces are so perfectly crafted. And the, the, the noise of the guy hitting the propeller on the way down, that <laughs> oh, thunk is sort of seared into my brain. We forget. It's, honestly, it's, it's one of Billy Zane's best performances ever. Oh, he's <laughs> is so unlikable. So evil and just this conniving like, like uh cal i believe you know cal in in the film he's just incredible uh christian uh, you so you didn't see it at the so i greg kind of mentioned this i i was i think 15 when the movie came out and it, i rejected it i didn't want to see it i i it was more so actually probably for leo um because every girl teenage boys had yeah Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio on the cover of their folder mm -hmm. I just you know I, I obviously now I've come around Leo is probably one of our greatest like working actors um mm -hmm. that we have uh of course like I appreciate everything that he does at this point and I'm a huge fan uh but at the time I was like no thank you um exactly like I know how this ends I didn't see it probably I I rejected that movie for a long time I probably saw it for the first time it's in in its entirety like in 2008 2010 oh wow okay yeah so for a really really long time um uh, of course yeah it, it's it's amazing it's an amazing film you can't go wrong however though i think this kind of brings up another point because so like there was another project that leo and um cameron were, were slated to work on together and that was spider-man before yeah, i was wondering if we were going to get into yes. his unmade movies because right. so there's a um, lot of fun there there's there's it's it's crazy the script is out it's online if you want to read the script and it's bananas uh to kind of read i'm kind of actually they dodged a bullet by not making that i feel like but who knows absolutely um, just real quick though i, ju I do want to quite do a quick plug not for me but there's other podcasts i listen to called the real blend podcast um the the host of that show he uh sean o'connell one of the hosts he wrote a book called with great power um uh, chronicling every single spider-man um movie ever like conceived you know that they were going to make and he chronicles the james cameron version he also did a very good book on the snyder cut movement which i thought was just a fascinating read um when you get into a lot of the uh psychological stuff it's just it's just you know i don't agree with it but anyways it's a slight detour but check out that book it's out now it's actually i haven't i've, I've read bits and pieces digitally i bought the book i'm just waiting for it to come in but it covers 
all of that too. Um, but anyways, sorry, I just want to plug that real quick. No, Go awesome. Ahead. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so I just, I remember being a kid and like, it, like this was before like the big push of like the superhero movies, like X-Men hadn't come out, Blade hadn't mm-hmm. come out yet. Um, and they released, like, it was like a, a Drew Struzan illustration of like a half Leonardo DiCaprio, half Spider-Man. And I think they had like Nikki Cox um, from as Mary Jane. Um, and like, they kind of fan casted it, but I don't know how much of that was actually like studio and how much of that was just fan casting from rumors. Uh, but it was so exciting to hear and like to think that James Cameron was going to do it. Um, it's also really funny that Toby ended up being like our Spider-Man from the 2000s. Because, you know, Leo and, and Toby, like, kind of grew up together. Yeah. They were, like, childhood friends um, growing up. So that was that's another interesting um, little coincidence. But, yeah, um, I don't know how much of the, the that script have you guys read or, like, looked into, like, what the Cameron Spider-Man would have been. Um, but I haven't read it, but there's a YouTube channel that does excellent sort of summaries of unmade properties. Um, let me see if I can find the name of it. And it's fantastic. And they go into the history of sort of Spider-Man unmade. Because I think James Cameron was the first attached to do an X-Men film and then found out the Spider-Man mm-hmm. license was available. Because um, I think there was another Spider-Man property being made at the time, which they were then immediately kicked off of because Cameron expressed an interest that they must be livid that he never even made it. Um, (laughs) But it's a great channel. um, And particularly the one on the Hulk, it's called Super Void Cinema. Okay. Super Void Cinema on YouTube. They do sort of hour, hour and a half videos on unmade properties. Um, Really interesting. I have to check that out. And it's a lot about the background hustling in the, yeah, in the studios. Cool. No, that would have been, I, yeah, I, I think that would have been a fascinating project, especially for James Cameron at the time. Um, and again, like we said before, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't, you know, phone it in. And I, I, I don't feel like Sam Raimi did at all either. Like Sam Raimi, like gave everything he did, but I feel like, I, I feel like I, I, I really wanted to see what a James Cameron Spider-Man was going to be like. That would have been incredible. Um, yeah. So, you know, he stays quiet for a while, you know, there's all these Spider-Man rumors, everything's kind of, you know, he does, uh, I believe he does the documentaries before, like during like the two early two thousands, like he does the, um, into the abyss, I believe it was called. Mm-hmm. It was the world where they actually go down to the Titanic and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I thought it was, I did get a chance to see it, not an IMAX, not the way it was supposed to be seen, but I have watched it. Fascinating stuff. Um, it's a lot of underwater ocean titanic stuff so you know go check it out (laughs) i've seen seen clips of that one Um, yeah i should check it out i love a good documentary so i should check it out it's really um, good and never shown up on my my list you know and he has that wonderful theme song done by south park i don't know if you guys remember that episode the james cameron episode where he goes into the ocean and uh that's pretty great um but then he comes back with avatar um so again, this is a movie that, uh, so, you know, you had mentioned this earlier, Greg, I saw it in 3D opening weekend. It was probably one of the most immersive, um, incredible 3D experience I'd ever had in a movie theater. It was, I think by far. And I think that's what made me, I walked out of it pumped, right? I was like, this movie is incredible. You got to go watch it. I think watching it when it was released later on, I watched it again at home very quickly was very disenchanted by the whole thing. Um, Pandora, I mean, it looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. It, it, Cameron doesn't phone it in, but I think this is the first movie where he 
it's really spectacle over character and story, right? Like it, he really wanted to play with, with the toys he had. He really wanted to do this, this, you know, we've all seen the story and I know there's all the memes and everything. Oh, it's just Fern Gully. It's just Pocahontas. It's just all this, but every story is, a, is a, is a, is a take on someone else's story. Like, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but watching it, like, honestly, I can't even tell you what happens in that movie. I, I still, to this day, I've seen it a few times and I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around. Listen, I, I could be dumb or naive, but whatever, but I'm just like, like, I couldn't tell you who the main villain was, to be honest. Um, I know the guy, big guy in the mech suit was pretty angry and shooting at things. I think he was a villain. I think capitalism uh, is the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> capitalism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what are your guys' just kind of thought? And of course, you know, Avatar comes out and it breaks, it sinks Titanic. And of course, you could blame inflation and all these other things that are happening at the time. Box office tickets and whatever. But that's besides the point. It did it. It sunk Titanic. It, it 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 really became number one. What, what what are you guys' thoughts on Avatar in general? And 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 do you think it deserves? So this was a question I want to bring up. Do you think Titanic and Avatar kind of deserved the title of biggest movie of all time? Like if in your pantheon of films and in your pantheon of film knowledge and and just how you feel about the movies, do you think they earned that title of? biggest movie of all time uh, most successful movie of all time so take it away I, I went into avatar with a slightly different approach um and this was uh just pure coincidence so uh, at the time the internet was really becoming the internet we know and, love, and i was beginning to feel like Every film I went into, I knew exactly what it was about. I knew what I was going to see. I'd already seen the best bits and trailers. Um, so I decided that I was going to pick a movie that was a year or two out and just avoid everything. I didn't know anything about it. And I saw Avatar and I thought, OK, Avatar is the one. So I hadn't watched a single trailer. I hadn't read it, read a single plot synopsis. I even tried to avert my eyes from the massive poster that was across from my flat um, <laughs> uh, at the time. So I, I went into it with zero expectations. I knew it was a James Cameron film, knew it was called Avatar, and I knew that there were some bluish people because I could catch that out of the corner of my eye. Right. That was it. That was the extent of my knowledge. And I wonder, is that going to improve the film-going experience because I'm going in genuinely blind, like yield and dies? Um, I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it at the time. I don't know if that's because I was expecting something different um, or I don't know if it was just because it's not my kind of film. Uh, I saw it a couple of weeks later um, with some other friends and, and really didn't enjoy it. I, I know it's a bit fashionable or it's now no, even it... unfashionable to, to hate on Avatar, um, but I didn't like it in the cinema first time. I didn't like it second time. I know I've seen it about four times and I haven't seen much redeeming in it yeah it's beautiful but uh i find it unlike every other one of his films it's a charisma void mm. it's mm -hmm. just uh, i don't i don't get any, i don't get any connection to it. i not only find the the plot a little bit derivative like you say kevin but i think the whole white savior is really uncomfortable very watching. much so um a particular and along with the sort of mystical magical native i just feel that that is even at the time i remember sitting in the cinema <laughs> getting just squirming yeah. thing oh, it just feels wrong now I, and uh, well, it does have that 
you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, it does have that Pocahontas vibe, right? That's yeah, I, you know, I think over the last few years, we've certainly sort of beginning to strike back on those kind of plots, which are really uncomfortable and, and mm-hmm. across a worldview. Um, so I didn't enjoy it. I'm not going to pretend that I don't understand that it was a massive smash hit and a massive blockbuster and a massive success. But for right. me, it's the one of his films probably more so than Piranha 2 that I wouldn't bother leaving on in the background in the TV. It's the, one of his films that I just don't connect with. And, and Absolutely. Didn't. We even tried, so we, we took a trip to, uh, Christian, I, I do apologize, we'll get to you. No, no, yeah. um, we, we took a trip to Walt Disney World uh, earlier this year, and of course they have the big Avatar mm. um, area there. It was really cool being there, but before we went, we decided to watch, our, our kids hadn't seen Avatar, so they wanted to watch it. And um, like they couldn't sit through it. <laughs> like they, they just didn't care. And I realized, like after a while, you know, sitting down and watching it again, I was like, "No, I can't. I can't do this either. <laughs> like I have no interest in it. I have no, you know, being in the world of, of Pandora and stuff. It's beautiful. It's just really pretty. It's it's gorgeous to look at. And even when you're there at like Walt Disney World, checking out all these things, it's gorgeous. But there's there's no substance there. None at all. Like yeah. I, I'll I'll be here, but I want characters I can actually care to be. A, to be here with, you know, people who are going to give me a reason to want to be here. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, there's no connection there at all for me either. Other than that initial, like, uh, other than me telling people like the 3d experience was phenomenal and probably the best, most immersive movie theater experience I've had in a long time before like Endgame, of course, Endgame was a whole other thing, but like, you know, it was, the greatest one of the greatest movie theater going experience I've ever had, but the movie itself is just. I felt that way with Tron. Tron Legacy was the one that that I felt oh, yeah. bad about the three D experience, where I didn't enjoy the film, but I just when you went into that Tron world and the three D came out, I was like, "This is a magical experience." And I don't care that I'm not enjoying the film. Right. <laughs> oh, what I about didn't... you, Christian? What are your thoughts on uh, Avatar? So, I mean, I, I agree with with everything. I think you you kind of summed it up really well by you know it's substance over, uh, or it's a spectacle over substance. You know, and I get that. I totally get that. That being said, I you know was teaching at a school, and I still teach at a school where where the focus is VFX. Um, you right. Know, where, yeah. So yes. it was. I. I instead of like Greg, you said you ignored everything. I was just taking it all in. Like I was looking up all of the concept art. We were looking up like all of the VFX stuff. Like you know, like because all of the information was out there. They were they very happily put out like a lot of the making of beforehand. Um, on top of that, I was uh, instructed to to turn my sculpting class that semester into an avatar focused thing. Uh, so my director came to me and said, like, hey, like, you should change, like, everything. Like, the whole sculpting class should be focused on making stuff from Avatar. Like, like re- like whether it's a redesign or, or like, like trying to figure out, like, their designs. So, like, the students were all doing that. We actually took a, a trip to watch it again. Um, so I, I was just inundated with, like, all the Avatar everything. Um, too much, too much. Like, for a movie that I also, like, didn't really especially love i i didn't hate it at the time you know i and i still don't i wouldn't say that i hate it now even right. it's just not my favorite cameron movie dana will say she did not like she does not is not a fan her her whole family like it's fern gully it's pocahontas it's dances with wolves it's derivative and i'm like and i don't i don't feel like that's a fair 
reason right. to not like you know there's you know we can say that about a lot of movies uh but i think it was yeah it was just devoid of charisma and charm like the rest of like cameron's movies tend mm-hmm. to to have in spades so um i that being said i'm still gonna watch i'm still gonna watch the new yeah one. so um, yeah that kind of brings me to to avatar the way of water um yeah so it's his first project since Avatar. Like he's been really laying low. He's been doing a lot of producing stuff. Uh, we actually had a Terminator movie released uh, with him producing on, which was was a Dark Dark Fate. Dark I think fate, it was. Think. Yeah, Genesis. Dark Fate. Dark Fate. Yeah, which uh, it's uh, you know yeah, um, it wasn't wasn't good. Um, but uh, he's coming back with Avatar Way of Water. You know, he's announced years ago that he has this kind of like, what is it, five or six movie plan for the whole thing? Like this whole epic kind of series. And recently in interviews, he's come out and said he's probably not going to direct them all, but he's very interested in it, um, you know, pursuing them further. And he's even said if Avatar 2 underperforms, he'll rethink the whole strategy. Um, but obviously we don't know if it's going to underperform because it hasn't come out yet. It comes out next month, uh, December um do you guys feel the hype at all like not even with you guys are, are you in your circles or wherever you're kind of you know I, i'm on twitter and and unfortunately <laughs> i'm on twitter and i i don't you know there are the random people that come up and say like oh it's james cameron like this movie's going to be great i don't understand you know why there's no hype for this but i don't hear any specific hype for it you know and i don't hear people like Wakanda Forever, there's this big buildup. You know, people were really excited to see what's going to happen. Avatar 2, though, there are certain people that seem very excited for it. And then everyone else has just been silent about it. Everyone knows it's James Cameron. Everyone's excited to kind of see what he does. But also everyone's kind of, you know, they want to see James Cameron do something different, something else. You know, I mean, if he's stuck in this world for who knows how long, we won't see any other films from him any other original ip that he's going to do um so for you guys are you guys feeling the hype at all are you guys even i mean what are your guys' thoughts on it i mean are you guys excited for it at all are you, are you guys going to see it in theaters is what i'm asking essentially like i am definitely going to see it but i don't think i'm a good like measure of gauging i feel like i'm too deep into like the entertainment bubble to know what the general public thinks Same. about Same. anything um you know, I, I'm like too deep cut about like who DC versus Marvel or whatever to know, like, you know, like my Dana's sister is like, oh, is like, she'll, we'll talk about like Harley Quinn. And she's like, I'm like, how come she's never in like a Spider Man movie? And I'm like, oh my God, you cringe. <laughs> but like, you realize yeah. that's how, like, probably I think the general public thinks. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I honestly like, I, I felt the hype of Wakanda forever. I think there were two movies that I personally were super hyped for this year. Um, it was the Batman and it was Wakanda forever. Even, well, honestly, even Black Adam, I felt like had a certain amount of hype, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it I, I heard people talking about it. People were pretty stoked to see this character come to screen for the first time. Um, so I even heard that movie having, you know, hype and some right. Um, What about you, Greg? Where are you at on it? Are, 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 are... I'm, I'm not feeling it. I think I will go see it in the cinema. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think if even just going through his filmography on this, you realize that you should never ever bet against James Cameron. And that's the I mean, thing. that is just hitting it out of the park after mm-hmm. hitting it out of the park. Is that a sports metaphor? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think sports. so. But that's the thing, right? Like my, my thing, 
you know, you look at the sequels he's done, like, I, and I, I look at it through a sequels lens. Like he, yeah. he does build off of the first ones really well. And he creates this whole thing. And maybe the first one was just setting up this world. He knew he had this plan. It was just kind of a shallow exploration of this world and these characters. And then part two, Way of Water, he's going to just really dive into their personalities. Even from yeah. the trailer, it looks like there's a little bit more emotion. Um, it looks like there's a little bit more kind of um, meditation on, you know, nature and stuff like that. So there could be a lot more of that element in it. Um, but um, I I can't say I'm excited for it, but I can't say I'm not going to see it. Like, I mean, I'm gonna I, I really want to it. like it. I want I want Same. to leave the theater and be like, wow, holy crap. Like, where was that the first time? It could I'm... happen, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. I, I, I want the, every movie I go to, to be good. I don't want to have a bad experience Same. in the theater. So, you know, but Same. no, absolutely. 100%. And I think, um, what do you guys think about its box office potential? Now let's, you know, 10 years ago, first avatar comes out. I honestly had no idea it was going to blow up like it did. Like I had no predictions on that. I was like, Titanic's going to stay number one forever. You know, what are you talking about? But then James Cameron comes along and breaks his own record destroys box office and i was a little confused for a, a while to be honest like i was like why is this movie what what is going on like who is watching this movie uh, like you know and that that requires a lot of people going back to the theaters to see it right yeah. so it's not just you know different people seeing it like a lot of times when a movie breaks records like that it's multiple viewings multiple people buying multiple tickets to see it again and again i guess i just i still don't really understand why that movie kind of grabbed a hold of everyone like it did um but it did i i Um, think it had a lot to do like okay so it was like 2009 um mm -hmm. we i think there was like a writer strike in 2008 uh but we were also bouncing back from a recession of like 2007 that is true yes so i I, there there's just a lack of competition i remember like it came out and it was a december release like a a mid-december release Mm -hmm. and like we you could look out and like there was like nothing coming for a while so like there was nothing that was going to dethrone it uh That's you know true. what i mean like back then especially january movies february movies were like where movies went to die you know what yeah. i mean so there was no big movie coming out uh, probably like months out you know so it just it was allowed to just like well i still want to go to the movies i guess we'll go watch avatar again you know that is very true and i think um uh yeah, like the 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 trailer, you know, the hype around the trailer was pretty big, you know, like they mm-hmm. actually, you know, they premiered it during like one of the big sporting events again. I'm not a sports guy, but like they they, you know, it wasn't Super Bowl obviously because it was yeah. fairly recently. Um but do you guys think this movie's going to have that grasp on the public? Do you think it's I think the be- other thing that made a big difference last time if I remember right was China went nuts for it and has a huge box office yes. potential. And yeah. China hasn't really gone for superheroes in quite the same way. Certainly haven't gone for Star Wars, which has just never really taken off over there. Um, so I think there is massive potential global learnings for Avatar, um, uh, particularly when a lot of films aren't receiving a China release. Now, I, I don't know whether that could also be the same for for Avatar. I get the feeling that James Cameron's very um, stuck in his his personal beliefs so i can't imagine that he will edit the film in such a way to appease china if it came to that um i I obviously have no idea but um that would be my guess but i think if it does get a release there i think the box office taking will be enormous absolutely i completely agree um 
Did you have something you want to add, Christian? Question is, will it be will it be like the number one of the year? Do you think it'll be? So I I don't think it will. I, I, I don't. I obviously it comes out too late in the year too. I still mm-hmm. think you know what is it? Top Gun Maverick right now is still. The that, so that was like the highest grossing and then the biggest opening was oh, biggest opening uh, you mean okay okay either way um, i mean yeah i don't think it'll top it definitely won't top top gun no no, uh, no no but i also don't think it'll have a bigger opening than i don't even I, will it have a bigger opening than wakanda forever i was gonna ask you about that actually that, that was my next uh thing like if you guys were so let's say you know wakanda forever makes 181 million dollars at the box office um you know where do you guys think this one's going to comfortably sit? Now, of course, this is all just a guessing game, completely conjecture. You know, like, um, you know, you have, you know, Black Adam, I believe, made 65 million opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Wakanda Forever makes 181 million. Um, what do you guys, what number, like a rough number of how Avatar opens? Just opening weekend, you know, judging from what we've seen already this year, do you think Avatar opens to 100 million? Do you think it opens to less than that or more than that? I, I would put if I had to put money down on this, I would say one twenty is where I would. What about you, Greg? I'm gonna go with one twenty one. <laughs> one twenty two, it is for me. Um, <laughs> I should have gone third. <laughs> I'll go one twenty one and a penny. And <laughs> one penny, Bob. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm very curious to see if the appetite's there. Um, and, and like it's kind of like you said, Christian. Like I do feel like I'm so kind of deep in the, in kind of my bubble of entertainment people that it's like, you know, I'm kind of deeper in the trenches with like, you know, critics and and, and reporters <clears throat> and stuff. Where it's kind of hard to gaze the general public. Like yeah, uh, e, e, my 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 family. You know, just just talking about my kids and my family. Like, well, unfortunately, they have to hear me blabble on about the stuff all day. But like. You know they're kind of seeped in it, but they're also not. And and my kids are just like, eh. Like, I, I was like, do you guys want to go watch Avatar? You should we buy tickets when they come out? They're like, sure. Like, there's no like, you know, Wakanda Forever was this big, especially with Eli. Like, he's it's MCU, it's Wakanda. You know, he, Black Panther. So yeah, he was all for it. He's counting down the weeks, counting down the days till it comes out, till it came out. Uh, this one, there's like. I don't think my daughter even knew it was like a thing. <laughs> She's like, oh, they're doing another one. I was like, yeah, they are. Um, my wife's pretty stoked about it. I mean, she's, you know, she wants to get tickets when they come out and we're going to check it out and um, we'll see. So, um, so yeah, we have our, uh, I think that's a good prediction. I think be- between 120 and 130 is going to be opening weekend easily. This yeah. movie's going to make money. It's going to attract people. Um, and I think the Disney aspect of it plays a lot into it too, right? Like having the parks at Disneyland or Disney World, uh, Pandora, I feel like that is going to have a huge influence on it too. You know, you go to Animal Kingdom, you've never even seen Avatar. You're going to see that. You're going to explore that land. You're going to get interested in it. You're going to watch the first one. You're going to be excited for the second one to come out. That's just corporate synergy right there. Closer to theme park world than i am has the avatar land been a massive success as people still talking about it yeah so we went like so it's been open for a couple years we went earlier this year um you know and they have this thing called rope dropping when you go to the park and you just wait till the park opens to hit up a specific attraction that's normally a really long line um the flight of the navi i believe it's called is this motion simulator you get on we were first people there or like in that queue to, to 
drop the rope drop and get on there. And this line was still over an hour long. Um, and that was at the beginning of this year. I don't feel the hype. Like I'll watch a lot of Disney, like park YouTube videos and stuff like that with the vloggers there and stuff. And it's not really a place where a lot of people particularly spend a lot of their time. It's super like, Oh, this is cool. And then let's go to, and it is an animal kingdom. So I was about to say, it's not, it's not like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just basically a big zoo essentially, you know, safari thing, but, and they have their attractions, expedition Everest and and all these other great uh, things. So people are more focused on those type of things. Like Everest especially is probably the biggest attraction there. Um, so it's, I don't really hear people super excited to go check it out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't hear, they have to go to Florida to check this out. I hear people like excited to go see galaxy's edge, you know, star Wars, you know, people are super excited about that, but avatar just seems like a second thought. Yeah. We, we <laughs> planned our last trip to the States around to make sure that galaxy's edge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I wouldn't have done the same thing for avatar. Yeah. No, yeah. Definitely not. So, um, so yeah, there's our predictions. Um, it'll be interesting to see maybe when the movie comes out, uh, hopefully we all get a chance to see it and we'll, you know, talk about it and see kind of where it lands in our James Cameron. Um, we should do a James Cameron ranking. I think that would be fun. Bob, would be fun. Some other time, um, like a tier <laughs> list. The bottom of the list is really easy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And since he's only had five or, you know, eight films, like yeah, it's it'll be easy, easy to do. So um, we'll discuss that later on, but um, but yeah, so that's our uh, talk on James Cameron. Uh, let us know what you guys think. If you're listening to this, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts um, about James Cameron in general, about Avatar and where you think it's going to land in the box office. Um, so first, uh, before we kind of uh, get going here, um, are you guys watching anything, checking out anything right now? Anything you guys want to recommend to the people out there to um, to to watch, to listen to, to play, to whatever what are you guys doing now are you guys do you guys have any recommendations for for the for a lovely audience christian i'm gonna start with you. Uh, I, yeah i'll start um i think we just talked about it earlier but i would rec- <laughs> highly recommend andor uh, we're, we're coming on the the uh final finale of the, the first season um i'm loving it you know it isn't for everybody uh but i i do definitely recommend it um if you're looking for uh, the the deep cut of of <laughs> the the working class of Star Wars if, if that's what you want to call it I love it. Um, oh cool! What about you, Greg? You have anything? Um, so I'm not seconding that one. Uh, <laughs> although there's some good Scottish accents early on that that I, that I did enjoy. Um, and a lot of it filmed near me. I think I sent pictures to you guys of mm-hmm. uh, catching it yeah. being filmed at Canary Wharf, um, which was pretty. That cool. is awesome. Um, no, I've been watching Cabinet of Curiosities, the Guillermo del yes. Toro um, horror series, and yeah, they're they're not all of the same standard, but but enjoying it. Really cool. Recommend it, particularly particularly if you like a you know a one hour horror um, sort of short film. Really good. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I can't we wait for watch... his Pinocchio. That yeah. looks fantastic. We watched the first couple episodes of, of Cabinet of Curiosities. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah. Cool. Also, yeah, I second that. <laughs> there you go. Um, I want to recommend a couple things. Uh, actually, they came out this weekend. Uh, we did uh, so uh, family friendly fair. Uh, we did um, on Disney Plus. They released a documentary called Mickey: A Story of a Mouse. Mm. The Story of a Mouse, um, which I thought was extremely well done. Um, it will make you cry. It'll make you, um, you know, nostalgic for your childhood. It'll. Um, it's just a beautiful documentary, beautifully put together. And one thing I loved about it was 
listen, these kind of documentaries come out and you, you know, these corporate fluff pieces, right. They're like, you know, these PR just like, Oh, you know, Mickey's awesome. Mickey's awesome. But the cool thing about the documentary is that they weren't afraid to tackle a lot of their kind of more problematic history. Um, not just with Mickey mouse as a whole, but the corporation as a whole, as far as, you know, race um, issues go and stuff like that. So I thought that was really, really well done. There's this one story about the the Holocaust and Mickey Mouse that will just uh, just absolutely devastate devastate you to your core. Um, but overall, it's a very very well done documentary. It's fun. Um, you know, there are moments of like I said, very real moments of levity in there. But for the most part, it's um, it's gonna leave you with a smile on your face. You're gonna be super super happy to check it out and just you know have a have a really really good time with that one. Um, the other one we watched the other night, which I was uh, last night actually, uh, it's on Apple TV Plus. Um, listen, I'm not gonna hide the fact that I'm a musical fan. Okay, I like musicals. I like myself a good musical. Uh, we watched the Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell comedy oh, uh, cool. Spirited on Apple TV Plus. Um, I couldn't help, but I, I I just see Ryan Reynolds going for that Hugh Jackman, you know, trophy up there. You know, he's singing, he's dancing now. He's a handsome dude. He's just going for it, right? He's doing everything. He's incredible. He's amazing. And uh, Will Ferrell has one of the, and I know this may sound corny, but he really does legitimately have one of the most beautiful singing voices I've ever heard. <laughs> he is outstanding. Wow. Um it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is a take on the Christmas Carol. It's not anything we've never seen before, but they put enough of a unique spin on it to make it interesting and fresh and really funny. Like it's, it's one of those movies the whole family can watch. Um, it's PG 13. So, I mean, it's got some crude humor and stuff, but nothing, nothing crazy. Um, uh, we had a blast with it. My kids loved it. We loved it. Um, it's just a good time overall. Um, one thing I, I, I just found out was on HBO Max, one of my favorite shows of all time. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a show called The Nick, um, which stars um, Owen. Um, uh, I can't remember his Clive name. Owen. Clive Owen. Yes, yes. Um, phenomenal show. It ran for two seasons on Cinemax, um, but it kind of got sucked into HBO. Um, and now both seasons are on HBO Max. They're talking about a possible third season. It's been a couple years since the second season. It wasn't officially canceled, but we haven't heard anything about third season. Um, it's just this really well done. Uh, Steven Soderbergh uh, produces it, uh, created it. He directs a few episodes. Uh, it's about the Knickerbocker uh, Hospital in the early 1900s, and it's kind of about the advent of modern medicine and surgery. And um, it has some really, really brutal scenes, um, obviously, as you can imagine, um, but it digs into some really, really great history, uh, historical aspects of just medical stuff. And if you're into just kind of, I mean, not gonna lie, I'm into kind of grotesque history, I guess, as they call it. Um, and I find the show super fascinating. And it's a perfect show to watch when it's cold and rainy out. It just feels like <laughs> the whole show just feels like wet and just like cold and like you're in the winter time. And it's just uh, an incredible show, beautiful performances, beautifully written. So highly, highly, highly recommend checking that out. It's two seasons now on HBO Max. That one is not for the family. That one is for the adults after the kids go to bed. Um, think Before we wrap up, Kevin, yeah. uh, when you mentioned directors producing, I just realized we didn't touch on James Cameron's Dark Angel. Which we did not. <laughs> we did not. And I am very, 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 very ashamed to say that I have not seen all of Dark Angel. Um, I hear it's incredible. I know uh, uh, Elijah Dush Dushku, correct? Mm -hmm. 
Oh no, Dark Angel is Dark Angel Jessica Alba. Oh, Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. Yeah, That's yeah. right. I was thinking of Dollhouse. I, I think you're thinking of Dollhouse. I was thinking of yes, I was thinking of that right. that other one. Um, yeah, uh, Dark Angel. Like I, yeah. What did you? Were you a fan of that? Absolutely, that hit just put when I was at high school, and it was the coolest. Oh, Jessica Alba. Yeah. And Jessica <laughs> Alba was just yeah. redefined beauty to me for the next well Absolutely. to date frankly um yeah that was just the coolest show in the world i need to check that out i've watched some episodes of it i i it is something that i'd always kind of wanted to sit down and i'm pretty watch. sure it's dated pretty badly yeah i don't, <laughs> I don't know, think it's quite as awesome as i remember it <laughs> no it's still worth checking out though even if they are dated as long as you can get in with the story like i think me and christian had a conversation about this recently i think so but we're talking about these dated visual effects and as mm-hmm. long as the story's there and the characters are there it's whole it'll yeah yeah like i think we were talking about the rocketeer we were talking about the rocketeer yeah that's correct um but yeah no so dark angel um i i, I thought you were for some reason i thought you were gonna say uh, you're gonna talk about uh alita battle angel oh yeah um, that was his unmade that was, uh he, he was going to direct that for a he long was long. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, Robert Rodriguez directed it and he produced it. Um, thought it was it was fine. It was fun. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, um, thank you guys so much for joining me, man. Like, I, I, it's it's an honor and a pleasure to have both of you guys here. Um, so, if you guys want to, where can people find you? Um, where can people uh, interact with you and and hear your great movie opinions and your your just your overall awesome vibes? Where can people find that? Christian? You can find me at Christian Nicorda on Instagram. I'm on TikTok, uh, but just find me on Instagram. Uh, that's it. I, I, I'm not on... I am on the other ones, but don't worry about those. <laughs> I hear you on that. Uh, Greg, you have anything you want to push? Anything you want to... Yeah, wanna, you, can, you can find me sort of wandering aimlessly in London. <laughs> um, <laughs> otherwise, uh, I share some photographs on instagram uh greg with an i so that's g-r-e-i-g with an i with an i of absolutely fantastic photographer um man you you deserve far more followers than you have um yeah you will not be disappointed by greg's photos there's so much fun to see very cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, some great stuff. Um, as usual, you can find me on um, on the, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitter, um, while it's still around. Um, you can find me on TikTok. You can find me anywhere uh, you get your your social media. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for checking us out. Um, make sure to like and subscribe. Um, leave us a comment. Leave us a um, review. That always helps. And also, every little share that you guys do uh, helps us out here. It helps us reach more people. Helps us um, get you know just amazing guests. You know we can we can you know I, I want I want this thing to spread. Um, and I like to spread the positivity too. You know, so many people, so many podcasts, so much stuff out there that's kind of leans towards the negative stuff. And I know you know we we all have our opinions and we talked about them today on the show. Um, but um, you know everyone deserves their voice to be heard and everyone deserves to be uh, you know happy. So. Um, and make sure to check out the Pastrami Nation podcast every Tuesday. Uh, every uh, This week we're doing just a regular Pastrami Nation, but the, every other week we do the Brick, brick Therapy, uh, which Christian is a, um, is a co-host on, and we talk all about Lego on that one. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the next couple of weeks. So, all right, you guys. Well, thank you guys so much and have a good day. Have a good night wherever you guys are listening um, and take it easy. And as always, stay nerdy. America.